A Shifting Spectrum of Grey, a Good Omens fan fiction, written by Penrose Sun, read by God of Laundry Baskets. Part 4 Somewhere between the bandstand and his shop, Aziraphale saw it. Crowley's words still echoed in his mind. The ghosts of his own still lingered in his throat. Go off. Together. It was like looking at one of those pictures that was both two faces and a vase, both a lady at her vanity and also a skull. Crowley didn't love him. Crowley was a demon, and demons didn't love. Crowley was using him for casual sex. The thing they were having was casual sex. Go off. Together. Crowley couldn't love him. That was a basic, foundational truth upon which Aziraphale had built every interaction, every moment of intimacy. Crowley didn't and couldn't love him and never would. But if he could, though, if he did, go off together. A shift in the light, a change in perspective, and the world turned out from under him. Aziraphale stood there, frozen, unable to remember how to breathe because... because Crowley had never said that he didn't love him. Not once. And nothing in how he acted, nothing in what he did had said that either. Crowley took him to shows because he wanted to be with him. Crowley went to restaurants with him because, even if he didn't much care for the food, he enjoyed the company. Crowley met him on top of buses instead of just calling him with updates because he wanted the excuse to chat in person. And there was always such care in his actions, too. They debated philosophy and theology and art all at the same time, and Crowley would never pull his punches, but would also never shoot to kill. Crowley bought him chocolates and plied him with wine, and also left the moment that Aziraphale so much as hinted that he was busy. He did a hundred little favors with no expectation whatsoever of anything in return, and, good lord... It was him, Aziraphale, who had always been holding back, wasn't it? He'd been the first one to outright propose sex. He'd been the one to insist on it being casual. He'd cut Crowley off for decades over a stupid spat, and then, when Crowley had somehow forgiven him for it, he'd told him that they had nothing to discuss. And even after everything... After all that Aziraphale had asked of him, after all his indecision and his hesitance and his neediness, even after all of that, Crowley had trusted him, first with raising the Antichrist, and then with finding him. And when even that had failed, Crowley had called him up and told him, and told him, even if this all ends up in a puddle of burning goo, we can go off together. 
The realization was wonderful and terrible, and Aziraphale felt almost like he could fly away right there, like maybe if he sprinted back he'd catch Crowley before he left, and they really could run away and be together for real, except... except they couldn't, could they? He'd said what he'd said to Crowley, because he was scared and hurt, yes, but... He'd also said it because some of it was true. They couldn't run off to Alpha Centauri. Not when Earth still hung in the balance. Aziraphale knew he could still stop this if he could only just talk to the right people and get the Witchfinder army to the boy in time. And what sort of angel would he be if he didn't? If he gave in to temptation and fled, just because there was suddenly a very real chance that Crowley was, that Crowley... Two hundred years, Aziraphale choked out, finally, to no one at all. Oh, I'm the worst sort of fool, aren't I? They shoved the realization down and headed back to his shop, his pace brisker and his heart crumbling to pieces. Because the world was ending and they were out of time. You can stay at my place, if you like, Crowley said after the end. They were together again, and Aziraphale was alive. Don't reach out to him to check, Crowley. Don't be a needy idiot. And everything fit without any of it really making sense. Crowley smiled, offered. Raid. I... I don't think my side would like that, Xerophil said softly, and Crowley heard, or hoped he heard, something in what he didn't say. Not a firm no. Not an, I would prefer a hotel, or a, that's very kind, but I think I can manage on my own. Not even, you go too fast for me. It was like the two of them were standing on the very edge of something. A precipice. Now Crowley wasn't sure what sort. He should have been terrified of a messed up, consumed with the tension of the possibilities before them. But right then, he was too tired to feel afraid, and for that he was endlessly grateful. You don't have a side anymore he said, and if the words he'd been keeping in his heart for these last couple hundred years crept into his tone, then that was fine. He was well past hiding. Neither of us do. We're on our own side. They boarded the bus in silence, and as they sat down, Aziraphale took his hand. It meant nothing. They'd held hands so many times before meant everything. Crowley had been afraid they'd never get the chance again. Are you, um, are you all right, dear? Aziraphale asked him once they were on their way. Crowley approximated a casual shrug. Much as I can be. Are you? Aziraphale nodded. I, I think so, yes. Silence, then, and Crowley gazed out the window. And are we? asked Aziraphale, 
quietly after a moment. All right, I mean. Curly hesitated. I don't know, Angel, he said eventually. You tell me. Aziraphale's grip on his hand tightened in answer. I very much want us to be, and I'm sorry for everything. All those terrible things I said. Curly waved it off. Forget it. I, uh, I'm sorry too. Whatever for? cried Aziraphale. You didn't. I did, Crowley said. I pushed you, and I shouldn't have. Crowley, no, said Aziraphale, and something in his voice made Crowley turn to look at him again. You were right about heaven. You were right about me. And when you asked me to run away with you, I was scared, yes. But don't you see? I was scared because of how much I wanted to. Did he really? asked Crowley, letting his thumb play ever so slightly against Aziraphale's hand. Goodness, yes, Crowley. A part of me was willing to even leave behind humanity to do it, and I couldn't, but... But I wanted to, and I told you that I... Aziraphale bit at his lip and glanced away. Angel, asked Crowley, gently. Aziraphale closed his eyes for a moment, breathed, and then turned back to him with a renewed determination. What can I do to fix this? he asked. What can I do to... to make things between us the way that they were? Nothing, said Crowley, and then instantly regretted it when he saw Aziraphale's face fall. No, not like that. I just mean, you don't have to do anything, Angel. I'm not mad at you. And I want to be what we were again, too. Just, just let me back in, yeah? Aziraphale nodded, hesitantly, and then gave his hand another squeeze. The rest of the ride passed in silence, and yet, somehow... Despite the exhaustion, despite the pain, Curly could feel a smile creeping onto his face and a warmth spreading through his chest. Aziraphale smiled back, his hand never wavering against Curly's own. It was careful, timid, but it was also real and solid, and almost like love. As soon as the door closed behind Aziraphale, Crowley was on him, kissing him, pressing him up against the wall, awkwardly fumbling with their clothes. In the sudden heat of it all, it took a moment for Aziraphale to gather himself enough to say anything. Finally, he broke away from the kiss, panting, Crowley, Crowley, wait, hang on a second. Come on, angel, Crowley hissed into his ear. I know you want it. A hand snaked down into his trousers and palmed him through his pants, and with a sharp intake of breath, Aziraphale physically pushed him away. No, Crowley, stop. I'm being serious. Crowley pulled back, less recalcitrant than he was simply confused. What? I thought we were... Aziraphale sighed and slumped against the wall. Hang on. 
Hang on, just let me get my thoughts together. Curly waited, shifting awkwardly from foot to foot. Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, but was probably only a few seconds, Aziraphale started. Crowley, I need to ask you something, and it may sound stupid, but, well, it's incredibly important. To me, that is. Ask, said Crowley, and he made a gesture which was probably meant to convey whatever you like, but which, in fact, conveyed... I am half undressed and in front of you, and also very willing, and can't really see why you're wasting time asking questions given any of that. Back that one night, after the opera, continued Aziraphale, when you... when you said that you loved me. Oh, hell, are you still on that? Crowley interrupted impatiently. I said I was sorry. No, said Aziraphale quickly. That's, well, that wasn't what I meant at all. I just, I just wanted to know just why you said it, is all. He could feel his own voice trailing off, the determination he'd had back in the bus fading away to nothing. Curly hesitated, and then he sighed and seemed just to let go of something. I said it because I meant it, Angel, he said. I told you that I loved you because I did. And do you... Aziraphale started, even though he was terrified of the answer. Do you still, after everything? They hung in the balance for a moment, suspended between two points neither of them daring to breathe. Yeah, said Crowley, finally, and his voice cracked on it. Yeah, I do. Aziraphale felt the words with his entire body. They drew a gasp out of his lips without him even consciously realizing it, and he grasped at Crowley almost desperately, steadying himself against the revelation. Oh, Crowley! He felt giddy, a sudden surge of vertigo above a dizzying, wonderful height. Crowley, it's the same for- I mean, I'm- The words seemed to all run into each other, and all of a sudden, Aziraphale could hardly get any of them out at all. Angel- asked Crowley, with heartbreaking hesitance, and Aziraphale would not, could not lose his nerve now. I love you too, he blurted finally. God, Crowley, I'm so in love with you. It's like I've been losing my mind over it. Then he kissed Crowley again, or perhaps Crowley kissed him. It didn't seem to matter. He pulled Crowley close, tangled his fingers into his hair and Crowley made a desperate sound into his mouth and melted into the kiss. Crowley, Aziraphale breathed into his ear, and Crowley gasped as he kissed down his neck. It was perfect. It was beautiful. It was everything they'd had that first time, and orders of magnitude more. And this time, Aziraphale could do things Right. Could give Crowley everything he ever wanted and more. This time it would finally be real. 
he kissed Crowley and trailed a hand downwards until it met nothing. Aziraphale pulled back slightly. He was sure that Crowley had been maintaining some sort of effort before. He'd felt it when Crowley had ground against him. But now there was nothing there at all. Crowley, he asked carefully. Is something wrong? I thought that you... Oh, said Crowley, like he'd completely forgotten. Right, we were... Oh, sucks. Um, hang on, just a mo. He closed his eyes, and in a moment of concentration, the erection miraculously and instantly reappeared. Sorry about that, Crowley said, moved to kiss him again, as though nothing had happened. Aziraphale stopped him. Wait, wait, Crowley, what now? he said impatiently, and his entire bearing was uncomfortably familiar. There was an anxiousness to it, like Curly was pushing himself through something without actually enjoying it. They were here. They were together. They loved each other. And Curly already seemed like he was halfway out the door. Something curdled in Aziraphale's gut as he thought back through all the times they'd been together, and every time he'd seen that look. He thought that Crowley was using him, that the hurried way they'd done things in the past was because that was all Crowley had wanted. But if Crowley loved him, and if this had all been a misunderstanding, then that couldn't have been it at all. And if Crowley hadn't been rushing through sex because he disliked Aziraphale, then... Aziraphale took a breath and backed away, just a hair, just enough to give Crowley a little bit of space. Crowley, do you... Um, do you actually want to have sex with me? He asked carefully. Did you ever want to have sex with me? Crowley narrowed his eyes in suspicion. This is a trick question, isn't it? No, said Aziraphale. It isn't. I just... I'm beginning to suspect that I may have been being incredibly foolish. Crowley gave him another long look, like he was trying to suss out some secret ulterior motive but apparently he found nothing, because after a moment he shrugged and answered. Eh, doesn't really do much for me. But whatever, you wanted it. Aziraphale hesitated a moment, and Crowley blanched. You did want it, right? Aziraphale bit his lip. Well, um... You see... Angel, are you telling me that you didn't want it? This was rapidly becoming a conversation which Aziraphale was not even remotely prepared for, but at this point he supposed there was no going back. He took a breath. Well, Aziraphale started. I didn't not want it, exactly. I mean, it was nice. Nice. Crowley asked, in a way that sounded not entirely like a question. 
I thought, I thought you wanted to, and I didn't want to lose you as a friend, you see, Aziraphale said. But then we did it together, and it was wonderful. I, I got to hold you and kiss you and, well, the actual intercourse I can take or leave, I suppose, but it was just so lovely to be with you, and, my dear, it was just... I never got to have that with you when we weren't making love. But if sex isn't what you want, then we don't need to. I n- never want you to be making yourself uncomfortable for my sake. Not for this. It was a very long pause. You've, you've been letting me fuck you all this time. Because you wanted a cuddle. Crowley's voice was a strangled croak, and Aziraphale thought he looked... Oh dear, he looked horrified. Well, yes, said Aziraphale, and then immediately tried to correct as Crowley noticeably paled. I mean, no, I mean, I I don't know, Crowley. I'm terribly sorry. You're sorry, said Crowley. I'm the one who- Oh, Satan, I need to sit down for this. He dropped down heavily into a sofa, which had been on the other side of the living room a second ago, and placed his head in his hands. After a moment, Aziraphale joined him. Crowley? he asked after a pause. I've fucked it all up, haven't I? said Crowley, and whatever Aziraphale had been expecting him to say, it wasn't that. What? he asked. No, Crowley, you haven't done anything of the kind. Why would you say that? Crowley looked away. I thought that was all you wanted from me, he said finally. I didn't love it, but... But I loved you, yeah? And now you tell me that I was practically taking advantage of you. I said no such thing, said Aziraphale, gently, but firmly. Crowley, look at me. He did, and the pain clearly visible on his face almost broke Aziraphale's heart in two. Crowley, he said, can we start again? What do you mean? asked Crowley. I mean, said Aziraphale, I want to court you properly, if I could. Crowley gave him a look that seemed to question why he would possibly want to, but he nodded. Yeah, I'd... I'd like that, Angel, he said eventually. Can you tell me what you want? asked Aziraphale. What you actually want, not what you think I want you to say. Crowley hesitated. I want you to be happy. Well, excellent, said Aziraphale, and he absolutely did not roll his eyes, although a part of him was tempted to. And what would make me very happy right now, I think, is having a significantly better sense of what you would like out of all of this. So... Crowley fidgeted with his keys, not quite looking at him. I don't want to scare you off, though. 
Xerophel sighed. I very much doubt that you could, Crowley. Just name something, anything at all. The worst thing I can say to it is no. And if I don't want to do something, I swear I'll tell you from now on. And that seemed to do it, because Crowley edged a little bit closer to him and said, with as much confidence as he seemed to be able to muster, I want to hold your hand. Of course, said Aziraphale, and he took Crowley's hand gently in his own. In public, Crowley added, and then squared his jaw like it was a challenge. Well, yes, of course. Aziraphale replied, and Crowley's eyes widened. What else? I want to kiss you, he said like it was a question. Just randomly, not as a lead-up to anything else. I want to kiss you goodnight or good morning or just, just because. I'd love that, Crowley, Aziraphale said, smiling. What else? I want to do things for you. Take you places. Aziraphale threaded their fingers together. Would you like if I did the same? Made us reservations, took you to shows, brought you flowers? Crowley nodded, and Aziraphale's smile grew. What else? Crowley gulped. I'd like to stay with you, sleep in your bed while you read, wake up next to you, make you breakfast. Xerophil nodded. That would be wonderful, Crowley. What else? Crowley blinked at him. What else, Satan? I didn't think I'd get this far. Um, I, I want us to move in together. Xerophil nodded. Into a proper house, with an actual picket fence? Crowley pressed. Fuck off to the country somewhere, just you and me. A cottage would be rather nice, Xerophil agreed, and Crowley's anxiousness finally shattered completely. He laughed, and then Xerophil laughed, and then they were laughing together and holding each other, and everything was almost completely right again. Aziraphale brought their clasped hands to his lips and kissed Crowley gently, and Crowley looked at him like he'd given him the world. Can we really have this? he asked. After everything, do I really get to keep you? Well, said Aziraphale, technically, there is still the matter of our employers. Fuck em said Crowley. You had a plan, yeah? Aziraphale nodded. It is rather risky, though. Crowley laughed again, and then kissed him, like that was all that mattered. In a way, it rather was. Afterwards, said Aziraphale, between kisses, we should talk more. Afterwards, said Crowley, I should take you on a proper date. And there would be an afterwards. Aziraphale was sure of it. They'd muddled their way through like they always done before. They had so much reason to, now.
end of part four. Thank you for listening. This has been a Good Omens fan fiction written by Penrose Sun and read by God of Laundry Baskets for the 2019 Good Omens Big Bang. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day or night or whatever.